No, see, for, for me it was different, right? Mm. So my 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 uh my experience was different. So I was embraced by the Black Americans and and the Caribbean people, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. I was embraced, and it was actually the opposite. The Africans didn't embrace embrace me. Uh-huh. So <laughs> so it was actually reversed. So when I when when I came to uh to Jersey, of course at first I ran to. A few African Americans who made the jokes, you know, you always get the jokes, you know, yeah. the monkeys, the bees, and the, yeah. you know, that, that, that African accent. booty scratcher, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, that you're not gonna escape, right? <laughs> right. But, yeah, but after a few years, when they get to know you, it changes, right? Because then y'all become homies and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you'll always find a, a crew that you can run with that, that, you know, you'll find somebody. But for me, what happened was, uh, you are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. How you doing that, ladies and gentlemen? This your man KG Salone, and welcome to Bridging the Gap. Today our guest is going to be Mr. Freddie Wills. He's going to, uh, I'm going to contact him. He's in Germany right now. I hope everyone is doing all right. The show is about the Pan-African movement, about trying to connect other uh, black people with each other all around the world. So what I'm going to attempt to do is just, you know, reach out to different people all around the, all around the planet as much as possible, especially in the African continent, um, just to get their opinion on, on how they view other black people all around the world, especially black Americans. Because the way I think about things, if um, we all connect with each other, we can make life better as a whole, especially for the black people. So that's what this show is about. So... Um, Mr. Freddie Wills, he's in uh, Germany right now. It's about 11 p.m. over there. I'm going to give him a call so we can have a little conversation with him. A little tired today, but... Okay. I hope you pick up. Uh, time differences is really uh, a problem that we've been having. You know, we, we're going to have some time. And I just texted him, told him I was about to call him. Maybe he'll notice that I call him and he'll call me back because I text him a few times. I told him what time was going live. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah. In, in the meantime, my, my wife is here, Miss Erica Gouger, and she is born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. So she has, um, you know, some something to talk about. She's been to Africa, so. I just want to get some of, some of her viewpoints on how she was feeling when she went to Africa for the first time, being a black American. So let me introduce Erica. How you doing, Erica? Welcome to the show, Bridging the Gap. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on today. Oh, thank you for coming. So give us a little bit of um, your experience going to Africa for the first time, Sierra Leone to be specific. Um, so, you know, since I had never traveled to Africa before, uh, going for me was a eye-opening experience. Um, we see a lot of what we should believe Africa looked like, how it's portrayed on TV. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of go and you're kind of not knowing what to expect. Um, so 
immediately upon arrival and stepping off the, the airplane, I just felt this overwhelming feeling come over me like I'm home. Mm-hmm. Um, not, of course, the literal sense of I'm home, but I'm home. Um, just uh, seeing so many people, um, so many African-American people just in one place, just it just was this wonderful feeling. All the people on the plane was extremely happy about coming home. They were excited about traveling from America, going back to their homeland. Um, the people are friendly, first and foremost. Yeah. The difference, the main difference I noticed about the country is that they are nonviolent people. They are extremely peaceful. Mm. Everybody wants to be peaceful in Africa, and they believe in community and help your neighbor or help a stranger or um, I remember a comment was made to me by um, your sister that said, there's no way I would have food to eat and my neighbor not have any. Even if we have to eat less, we have to share. So um, those are some of the immediate things outside of the thousand of horns I heard. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah. So you had a pretty good experience. Um, but my thing is, like, you, you talked about the indifferences, like the things that they taught you to think of Africa before you got there. And then when you got there, your perception was all different, right? Right. Okay. Um, like prior to that, when people were saying that, even before you met me, did you ever have an inclination that you may want to go and visit there? I mean, I had thought about it, but in my mind, was it realistic that I'll actually make it to Africa one day? Mm-hmm. I always thought that that probably wouldn't happen. I mean, of course, I know a lot of people say I have that on my bucket list, um, but the reality is it's not an overly expensive trip. I guess that we just put in our mind that it's unattainable, that that's just a place we'll never make it to. Or some people are afraid about what they've saw on TV and have decided that I'm just not going because I hear a lot of ignorant comments like, I don't want monkeys jumping all over me. Yeah, but that, that, and that's what I was getting to, so. I think, you know, things like that keep us from going to explore the motherland, our motherland, you know, to be more specific about it. Um, but so when, when you got back, what were your feelings when you got back? Like, did, how much did you miss it or how much did you compare the two cultures to see, uh, you know, pick and choose what you wanted to keep from the trip? I wasn't ready to come back. Um... I absolutely love being there um, from the two cultures. So in America, we are spoiled. Um, for me, my biggest thing was air conditioner. <laughs> so um, staying in a place initially that didn't have an air conditioner was really an adjustment. So me coming home, that was really the only thing that I wanted the most to come back to, to yeah. be honest, was my air conditioner. Everything else as far as um, things that we did, um, the people, the food over there is amazing. Um, in comparison, I was fine. I was fine with all the places that we stayed. My biggest issue was just air conditioning. <laughs> okay. So, do you think this this would be a place that you probably want to go and live one day? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've talked to you about it, um, the possibility of living in both places. Um, because Sierra Leone has a rainy season, I would kind of opt to not be there during the rainy season. Wow. So. I would like to live in America during those months and then during the off season there, mm-hmm. I would like to live in Sierra Leone. Okay. And my whole goal that I've been trying to do is, you know, connecting the people. What about like the, just, just the women, like compared to us here, women here, 
and women over there. Do you think that there's like this taboo in their mind over there that we don't want to have anything to do with them? interesting question. So the first comment I'll make is that they are the real bad, bad chicks. So we think we bad chicks. When you go into a country and you see a woman walking miles down the street with a cooler on her head, full to the top, with a baby strapped to her back, with two, three more babies walking alongside her and still her, she's carrying um, containers of water in her hand, never missing a beat poised, posturous, you know, not frowning, not complaining, not upset. And this is what I watch them do every single day. They're up at the crack of dawn going to get water so that they can prepare the food for the day, whether they got babies on their back, babies beside them. Um, <clears throat> so initially, people think that um, African women, women who are from Africa, don't like African-American women who are born here in America. And wow. It's really not like that. So when you get there, they are so friendly. And I believe that to them, they think that we're amazing just because we live in America. Yeah. They go an extra mile for us while we're there. They literally will not allow you to do anything. You know, they're very helpful, mm -hmm. you know, but people feed off energy, I believe, anywhere you go. Right. So I think it's a matter of if you walk into a situation with a negative attitude or that bad spirit, they'll sense that. But if you walk in open, you know, excited to learn from them and not thinking that you're better than them just because you're from America, yeah. I think you'll be more than welcome with open arms. Okay. If, if you could make like an imaginary world, like for, the, for us to have peace, like just all around the world has black people. Like I, I created this Wakanda last week, you know, where it'll be a perfect world of like all the black Americans, all black people came to Africa. What would be like your imagery? <clears throat> I think my image would be um, more of what I see already in Africa mm -hmm. with a mixture of true some more modern conveniences because, you know, there are some things. But I want a world where people get along with each other, um, just not in a just because we have to or mm -hmm. just because that's my neighbor. But that's because it's the right thing to do. If your brother is hurting, you help them. Not meaning your actual brother, but that means that person on the street. Mm -hmm. Or if you see a man beating a woman in the middle of the street, I don't want to see 5,000 men standing around with phones in their hands recording it, watching it to happen. I want us to have morals and I want us to value our community. I want us to value each other. Mm -hmm. um, but just a world where people can get along, people share, people value community. Um, you know, no place is going to be perfect. But when there are issues, um, one thing I love about the um, African community is that they believe in the village mindset. Yeah. That when there are issues, they work it out. When there are issues in a marriage between a husband and a wife, it's a village situation because we want those marriages to thrive. We're going to sit down as a village. We talk things out um, and just find a better way to handle ourselves. So a lot, I would bring a lot of Africa to uh, how we live and what my imaginary world be like. So, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, uh, thank you for being here with us today. Um, everyone out there, this is my amazing wife, Erica. She's a full-time student at UNCC. Um, maybe, maybe be the next lawyer. Who knows?
Yeah, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Who knows? You never know, but definitely keep your eye out. More to come from me, for, for sure. For sure. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you. Right, have a nice, a great day. All right. You are now tuned in to a Power Podcast Network production. Hey, how's everyone doing? This is KG Salon. Welcome to Bridging the Gap. Um, today's guest is going to be Mr. Freddie Wills in Ger- from Germany. Um, we're going to get his perspective on black people around the world. All right, so let me try to contact him real quick because it's late night over there right now. So hold on. Hey, how you doing, sir? Good, good. How you doing, uh, KG? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice and uh, good to have you on Bridging the Gap. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. Sammy, I'm really good. I'm really happy to be on it, man. Like, uh, Mary told me about you and uh-huh. everything, and uh, I've been excited, you know, waiting, you know, so... Yeah. I'm super excited to be here right now, be with you. I definitely appreciate that. And I'm sorry to keep you up late tonight. But, um, you know, just can you um, introduce yourself to the audience for me? Uh, yeah, my I go by Freddie Will. Um, my government name, my, my giving name is Wilfred Kanu Jr., and I just flipped the Wilfred back, you know, Wilfred just wow. pretty well. Okay. So, you know, I'm a, I'm an author and uh, and also a musician. So I try to flip two different type of personalities. So Freddie Will is a musician mm. and Wilfred is the author. You know what I mean? I hear you. I hear you. No, of course, I'm from Sierra Leone, uh, born and raised. But, um, you know, like we all do, I came to the States. And uh, naturalized, went to Canada, naturalized. Now I live in Europe um, oh, wow. as a diplomat, you know. So this is this is this is who I am, you know. Just wow. out here getting, yeah, man. I'm not mad at that. I, hey, so so you came to the states first. I came to the states first, yeah, and uh, in the '90s, in the late '90s. Okay. Um, then I rocked the states university and all that type of shit and mm-hmm. then um and then um naturalized during that process okay and then and then um i caught up with an old friend from sierra leone who uh-huh. lived in canada yeah who lives in canada and he was up there doing music and uh and then i went up there because i was already doing music in sierra leone mm-hmm. so i caught up with him and then you know we talked about it and he's like yeah meet me up there I, so i went to toronto met up with him and then I got back in the music thing, you know, I did a project with him. And mm. then after that, I got a couple of deals in Toronto. So I stayed around there, nice. you know, publishing books, okay. whatever. Uh-huh. Then I did the music, I did the music thing there. So while I was in Toronto as well, I was there long enough to qualify, you know, for, for different things like green card and all that stuff. So then I naturalized. Wow. So I became, became an American Canadian, <laughs> you know, wow. yeah. Yeah, you know, and then after that, then uh, I caught another opportunity, I'll call it, you know, to be a diplomat in Brussels. Mm. You know, so um, then I caught that, came to Brussels, then I saw some business opportunities in Germany, so then I got a spot in Germany, so now I go to Brussels and Berlin, back and forth, so I'm in Europe right now, but... Wow, so you're a yeah. real renaissance man. I, I thought I was a renaissance man, you got me. Hey man, listen, we 
Yeah. You know, like you was you was in the army, you know, like you know, you, you got the team, you know, yeah. somebody's a sniper, somebody's a machine gun <laughs> man, somebody is a you know, but it's still the same team, you know what I mean? Everybody sure. just got a different specialty you know what i mean <laughs> sure. yeah 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 but um okay during your travels or, or you know going into different countries because um mm-hmm. the, the the whole idea of bridging the gap is what i'm trying to do is just connect black people all around the, the planet and um mm-hmm. how we all have opinions of each other and what keeps us keeps us apart from each other so mm-hmm. what was what was like the common thing between black people that you came across doing these travels to the different countries? Well, the commonality between all of us yeah. is that we have, we, we have similarities in, uh, uh, in religious beliefs, mm-hmm. uh, morality, what's right and what's wrong, like when it comes to things like marriage, relationships, yeah. uh, how to treat the elders, the parents. We have similarities there. And there are similarities in the food, mm, right? Yeah. Like, like for, like for instance, when I uh, in Sierra Leone, when I went to Grenada, wow, right? They had, I was in Grenada. Yeah, I went to Grenada, and uh, they they brought this meal called the Kalalu, uh-huh. right? The yep. Kalalu. I heard of that. And I, I I tell you no lie, that that thing is cassava leaves. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so. Oh, just by the way, by the way, cassava leaf is a common dish in Sierra Leone, West Africa. Oh, mostly like in the West African part, but Sierra Leone is mainly we know for cassava leaf. It's like a Spanish type thing. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, man. So, so I think the 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 people that got brought there, the slaves, the the black, the Africans who got brought there. Yes. I think some of them came from Sierra Leone. Right. All from all from West Africa. Right. And and they were trying to cook their traditional food, but it didn't have cassava leaves. Yeah. So they used a different plant. Yeah. Which, which is what they use as a substitute for the cassava leaf. Just mm-hmm. like how some people use some people use uh we spinach. spinach. Yeah. Yeah. To, as a substitute for potato leaves. That's what, what I mean? yeah, that's what my mother did. Yeah. Spinach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were using kalaloo. So when it comes to the food, even in Jamaica you know when you when you, you check out the the oxtail and 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 the 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 the, the rice and peas yeah. the the jerk chicken it's, yeah. it's kind of reminiscent of like jollof rice or yeah. that rice and stew thing in africa exactly so you know so similarities wise like our art our music you you will hear the music mm-hmm. you will see the, the the morality at home the home culture with the families the food is a similarity. Right. The difference, though, the difference, though, is how we react to situations, to different situations, and how we see each other. Ah. Right. Yeah, that's the difference. So the difference is that. So the, the uh, for for example, uh, some some black people that I've met outside of Africa mm. have always blamed the Africans for selling their their ancestors into slavery. Wow. Yeah, so because of that, they really cannot connect with Africa like that because they feel like they're in a situation that they're in right now because their own people betrayed them by selling them to wow. white men. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so there's that kind of a under... And I've talked to a lot of people and wow. tried to explain to them that not everybody was sold. You know, some people sold, but then some people were captured. Exactly. And, 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 uh, and, uh, 
it was a it was a really doggy dog world. Like I tried to explain to different people, but the black people are everywhere, and uh, we have similarities that mm. makes us identify with each other. Like when you meet that next black person in a different continent, yeah, you will see certain things that they're doing that is similar to what you do. But then when y'all sit down and talk about things like history yeah. or that's religion, when they, that's when they change. <laughs> It's like you find differences in the opinion right. of what's, what's good and what's not good, you know what I mean? So, exactly, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that actually led me to, to my question. Um, I mean, I know you lived in Jersey, but yeah. being, being an African in America, how did the people in the United States, like, like we say, in Jersey, how did they treat you? Because I remember how I was treated. And did that, like, change your perception of how black Americans are no you see for, for me it was different right mm -hmm. so my 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 uh my experience was different so I was embraced by the black Americans and and the Caribbean people uh -huh. right mm -hmm. I was embraced and it was actually the opposite the Africans didn't embrace embrace me uh -huh. so <laughs> so it was actually reversed so when I when, when I came to uh to Jersey of course at first I ran into a few African Americans who made the jokes. You know, you always get the jokes. You know, yeah. the monkeys, the and the, yeah. you know, the, the, the African accent. booty scratcher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that, that you're not gonna escape, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, but after a few years, when they get to know you, it changes, right? Because then y'all become homies and all of that, mm. and and you you always find a, a crew that you can run with that that you know you'll find somebody. But for me, what happened was um, because I was trying to do hip hop. I've been yeah. trying to do hip hop. From from uh, from back in the day in mm. Africa, yeah. So I was really on that hip hop tip, and back then hip hop was frowned upon in African communities. You mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially especially the American hip hop. It's not like now, where now everybody wants to do hip hop or Afro beat or right. something like Afro pop. Mm. Back then it was like strictly reggae, lucky dude culture. Uh -huh. You know, like. Bob Marley, like stuff like that, you know, like Alpha Blondie. So if you're not playing, if you're not in the traditional reggae or African music, mm -hmm. they didn't really gravitate towards you. And I was like on a hip hop tip. So people, so the, when I went to the, see, when I came to, uh, to America, mm -hmm. living in Jersey, the, the African community was a little strong. Like I would try to go to like African parties or, hang out with African, yeah. uh, my, like fellow Africans, and there was kind of like a, a withdrawal yeah. from me. Yeah. But the African-American dudes that I was meeting, they were open, like they was, they was down, they was calling me up, picking me up, let's go here, let's go there, we go in there. So I ended up establishing my, my roots mm -hmm. in the African-American community. And then when I went to Canada, Toronto, the same thing happened there. The Africans were kind of more more withdrawn, yeah. Uh, but the Caribbean dudes, the the Jamaican dudes, Trinidad dudes, the Vincent, Grenadian dudes, like they was coming, man. It was like the phone was ringing. We was hanging out, we was drinking together, we was in the studio together. So yeah. It, it, yeah. So for me, it was the opposite. You know what I mean? And that that's what led my journey, my journey the way how it went, the way how my path went, mm -hmm. because I was with those. So I was in that circle. So it's almost like now, um, 
in fact, I got criticized after a while when I started seeing a few successes. Mm -hmm. Then the African community started criticizing me and saying, well, you don't do nothing for us. You don't make any music for us. You don't come to Africa. And then I, I, I was like, all right, well, I thought, I thought y'all was ignoring me. You know uh, what I'm saying? So, uh -huh. so then I said, all right, I'm going to come. Then I went to Sierra Leone and chill for a while. Then I started doing some Afrobeat, like just, just to kind of like show that, yo, know, I didn't forget the culture. I didn't, I didn't forget about my people, but it's, it's just a matter of, um, of me just feeling like, they didn't want to vibe with me, and, yeah. and at, at the end of the day, we, you gotta survive. You gotta, you gotta live. Right. So if, if it's not happening over here, you gotta find where it happens. Because at the end of the day, you know, you gotta. We all want to survive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just, I, I was, I, I had to survive. I was just looking for my own survival. Right. You know, to to get myself to get myself situated. So mm. yeah, but that's that's how it happened for me. So okay. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. The dude that I met that that hooked me up, that brought me to Toronto, is a Sierra Union dude, African dude. So, okay. you know, <laughs> yeah, my old my old homie from from Freetown. You know, I met oh, him. Oh, right. Like, yeah, come through. Yeah, so it's like it, it, for me, it's just a different, it's a different experience. I'm, yeah, I'm, I must say, you know, but, like I mean, because you, you watch what's going on here stateside, you know, the Breonna Taylor stuff, the you know George Floyd, all those things that happen. And um, what what I believe, you know, since this type of stuff is happening here in America, we're fighting for justice and, and equality. How do you think the people on the other side, you know, the other black people all around the world, how do you think they feel about what's going on in America? You know what I'm saying? Because in order for us to go forward, you know, we, we have to be sympathetic towards each other for what we're going through in, in the different regions, you know? about it every black person in the whole world where i've been is on the same boat as everybody else where we're saying let's let, let's let's do something to bring an end to uh police brutality yeah. the killing of black people the innocent killing of black people and um you know just generally just the the, the, the economic yeah. marginalization you know the disenfranchisement when it comes to housing and and just the, 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 the overall, the overall well-being of black people, and not only in America, but the whole world. Yeah. You see, America, America is like a beacon to the world. Like, America represents the example. So whatever happens in America, right. it then spreads everywhere. It spreads everywhere. That's fact. So, yeah, so when you have a George Floyd type of situation and you start seeing black people um protesting then you will see the same thing happening in england the same protest you see the same protest in berlin mm -hmm. you'll see the same thing happening in asia like everywhere where there's black people they'll come out and start protesting because they'll start saying similar things like yeah you know our our police do do the same thing to us yeah. our 
our system is the same way. Like our, you know, like we can't get jobs, we can't get housing where we want to live. We can't. And then you'll find that uh, the black people, African people, yeah, from uh, from other parts of the world, they'll also come and verify the story mm-hmm. and make you realize that it's a global thing. Like it's something that's happening all all around the world. Yeah. So we're all against it, and we're all a part of that struggle even though we're not in America. So the guy in America might go and protest, but the guy in England is protesting too. The guy in Berlin is protesting too. The guy in Sweden is protesting too. Right. And they're coming to the streets. Black Lives Matter is everywhere, basically. You know what I mean? Like, everybody is, is screaming at, every black person is screaming at, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it's bringing awareness. It's, it's actually bringing awareness in the, sad, in the sad sense to the whole world. But all I gotta say is that really the the situation is 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 worse in America though because in these other countries the cops are not really shooting people down like that you know what I mean uh-huh. so so you know like I've really I've rarely heard of a black person getting shot down in Belgium or or in the Netherlands you mm-hmm. know like they have their racism there too. But it's not to that extent, you know right. what I mean? Because like, well, our problem, our problem actually is the gun control more than anything, and yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and I guess the severity of punishments, you know, to people, to yeah. people, yeah. So yeah, that's that's yeah. where our problem lies. But not to cut you off, man. I appreciate all the insight that you've given us today. Um, I just wanted to talk about you for a little while. You got um, uh, you, you say you, you you wrote a book as well, right? Yeah, I, I published 10 right now. I, wow. I, I, I got 10 out there, yeah. Nice, so, congratulations. Um, you, um, thank t- you. Yeah, tell us a little bit about it. About at least yeah, one of so, them. Yeah, so um, what, I'm, what I'm working on right now mm. is something called a Sandman's Journal. And, uh, and, and it's in different volumes. It's, it's seven volumes, and I've published six of them so far. Okay. And I got the seventh one that I'm actually working on. And that's what the Sandman's volume is about, is about what we just talked about. It's about African culture. Mm. And uh, it's, it's also about um, the, the, the change in society, you know, because what is happening also in society is that there's been a, there's been a change, mm. right? There's, there's been a shift in the mentality of our society globally. Uh-huh. So what we, what we talk about in the, in the area of gender, or in the area of sexuality, or in the areas of um, race, technology, like there, the you know, every, where it was back in the day, and what where it's at now is different. Right. And and uh, my book is not really about what's right and what's wrong, mm-hmm. but it's about how social media is driving this change and how fast it's doing it. The power of of social media and how it's accelerating change and then how we as a as a people who are used to one way of life have to make this instant adaptation to a new to a new system uh-huh. like a new thought a new word will come out like for example you know like they, they, they'll say toxic something so this thing is toxic mm-hmm. right yeah. so that word didn't exist 10 years ago Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So, so in, two, in 2010, nobody was running around talking about this shit is toxic. Right. Right. Uh-huh. So now all of a sudden it's here, but it it would just take one person to say that on social media, and then immediately that gets 
that gets uh, spread across the world. Right. And then within like a year, everybody is saying that and understanding that that concept. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you have people who live in certain uh, communities or people who have a, the mentality where they don't, they don't believe in cell phones and the internet. So then they don't they don't catch on to what's going on because they believe that you know they should put the phone down. Some of them are not even on Facebook or Twitter or mm-hmm. Instagram. So you, you have a group of people, a, a certain population of people, yeah. who just don't mess with the internet or social media, and then they're not up to speed with what's being pushed through social media. Okay. So this this book series is about that. It's, it's it's a journal, like you know, as somebody who's been a musician who's traveled around and seen all these different things. I just I'm just showing like my reflection on all the all, all the effects of all this. Or, or like how this change is happening, okay. yeah. you know, where some people believe in one thing and other people believe in the other thing, and you'll you'll go to a protest and you'll see two different groups gotcha. protesting for two different things, yeah. and each each group believes that they're right, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the whole thing is being fueled through social media, you know. So yeah. um, that's what that's what the book is about, okay. and uh, of course I wrote a I wrote a couple of books about. Sierra Leone history, uh, one about my biography, and then Sierra Leone history. I wrote a book about hip hop culture. Okay. Um, called Hip Hop Crusade. Um, so you yeah, pretty you so, pretty busy, man. So um, what about the music? Yeah. How, how many albums have you put out? I mean, you did ten books, so I know you got a few albums. Yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a few albums out. But with the music, I was a, I felt like I was late with the music. Uh huh. So, so the way I do the music, I do it, but I don't, I don't do it like I would have done it like back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, that's all, that's everything I was about was music, you know, just rapping and beats and doing this and doing that. But like I said, when I came to the States, you know, like I, I went to college, I kind of, I put the music aside for, for a minute mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, I, I tried to get a job and, you know, get myself straightened out because I was coming from Africa and, you know, I had to get my, myself straightened out financially. You know, uh, um, so by the time I got back into it, it was like 2006, mm. 2007. You know what I mean? So yeah. I felt like I was late. So I dropped like three albums, three um, three studio albums, mm-hmm. which which are which are supposed to be like just the dream of something that I wanted to do before. Like, you know, I always wanted to do uh, hip hop and drop an album. So. I accomplished that by dropping those albums. Okay. But but then after that, I just kind of like just went into a, a rim where I just do a couple of songs here and there, or you know. So I, I have more books out than than, than albums, okay. you know. But I have songs. I have songs out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. you. I mean, you. You're a busy man, man, and I. I really appreciate your time. Can you give the your yeah. social media handle so anyone that's listening, you know, so they can follow you? Oh yeah, definitely. So um, right off the top, the best way to follow me is on my website, um, www.freddywill.com. F R E D D Y W I L L dot com. Um, currently, I'm working on an, an Afrobeat album. I'm working with. Um, 
artists and producers from Kenya, Sierra Leone, Nigeria. I'm bringing a whole bunch of people. And there's also going to be some Calypso and Zook on there. Okay. Um, so social media-wise, you can catch me on uh, uh, Instagram. It's at Freddie Will. Mm. At the real Freddie Rip Will. The real Freddie Will. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-I-L-L. Uh-huh. And on Twitter, Twitter the same thing. Freddie Will. At Freddie Will. And uh, that's where you can that's where you can catch me. But like I said, most of it is happening on my website because I I, I try to direct the the uh, the audience directly to myself, mm-hmm. you know, like to me. And then you can check out the handles and all the other stuff. But um, yeah, so yeah, you can come on, on my on my website and everything is there. And of course, the music I I have um I, I have three studio albums out. And an additional, I think, three more albums, but it, they're not studio albums, but it's like mixed songs with like Calypso, uh, jazz, or Afrobeat, like I said. So I'm pushing three new songs right now. You can probably get those songs on my website as well. Okay, okay. And yeah, so that that's what's happening right now. That's where I'm at with it. And the books right. as well. The books are also on the website, you know. All right. All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for staying up with us, man. I, I know it's late over there, so I'm gonna let you slide. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll be contacting you sooner or later. Hopefully, we get to work on something. So definitely appreciate definitely. you. All right. All right. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank man. you. And you have a good night. You're welcome. All right. All right. Thank All right. you too. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you too. Yeah. Okay. That was my man Freddie Will. So thank you for being here, bridging the gap. I hope you appreciate the show. This is your man KG Salon. Peace.